0: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show with my friend Brandon, who is back, and I'm stoked for this one. From bootstrapped to eight figures in two years, from literally a goal of 120,000 to an accidental 1.2 million, and literally how you can do it too. Brandon is a ninja. He is one of the founders of Montana Knife Company has a background in marketing, creative, and is one of the most inspiring, intelligent, hardworking ninjas and humans that I've ever met. And what I love about Brandon is that he holds no punches, which I mean, he tells you exactly how they do this, how they did it, and how it works. And in this episode, if you listen, he breaks down tangibly and tactically exactly how to replicate their success in your business irregardless. We talk about how to create a movement, leave a legacy, generations, principles of success that allowed them to niche and expand, uh, the value of taking advantage of every opportunity presented without second guessing, how they helped their customers take conditional behaviors that they modeled first as a company, micro habits that they use to optimize the company, how they grew through the chaos with the systemization that they made. Like It is This one's loaded. We have, and I'm not joking, uh, in front of me right now, I ask Ashley to take notes of these to help me do these intros, (laughs) and I have paragraphs of notes because there's so much packed into this one. So I would get a pen, get a paper, save the link, repeat, listen, and here's my recommendation. When you hear something that you can execute, that you can apply, go do it, and then come back to the list and choose the next one. So I'm excited about today's episode. I'm going to stop bumping my gums. I'm going to let you get into it. So without further ado, let's get into the show Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George show where I don't hit record, when I should. But today's guest doesn't need an introduction if you've listened to the show. If you haven't listened to the show, he will get an introduction, but he shouldn't need one because he's kind of like a ninja in his own right that nobody knows exists. He's been the ninja behind the scenes of a lot of things. But uh, this man is incredible. He's somebody that I respect. I admire. I look up to. I consider him a friend. We happen to be neighbors temporarily but we'll still be neighbors in the same state and i will drive Mm -hmm. down but uh somebody that happens to everybody i know that i care about tends to know him and has the same thing to say a man of value integrity commitment care knowledge passion and massive amounts of success that i'm excited to talk about again uh brandon from montana knife company welcome back to the show
1: oh thank you man i really appreciate it
0: yeah man i love it i feel better now knowing that all the stories i was making up about our relationship weren't real (laughs) i'm glad we cleared all those up (laughs) i was being like a little girl and i was like i texted you you didn't text me back are you mad at me did i push a line he's like no i just don't text people like okay i'll stop making up that story then
1: i am i like i used to be the best and now i'm absolutely the worst and it's and it's like just an overpowering of messages between like on the mkc side and then like my personal side and it's the problem is is that i'm focusing so much on the mkc side uh-huh. my personal side is the one that takes the hit
0: i know i know and yeah. i and am like it's not because you don't want to but based on your life in the last two and a half years you went from having all the time in the world yep. to now being on a rocket ship and probably not having as much time
1: yeah. Something yeah,
0: like that. Exactly. Yeah. So for everybody listening, can we give, because we do have a lot of new listeners, can we give them some context of what Montana Knife Company is, kind of how we get here?
1: hmm No. So, the, the, you know, honestly, the best part about doing this podcast, it's, it's kind of like, I get to go look back like a year ago. I know. And it's like, hey, dude, like, this is kind of working. Like, I know. Do you want to talk about it? Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> I know. Was- well, I remember, I, I, I loved our conversation. I remember parts of it. And I was like, thinking back on it. I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah. I love it.
1: So so for, for anyone who's never heard of Montana Knife Company, um, we are a um, 100% USA-made knife company based here, um, right outside of Missoula, Montana, um, in Frenchtown, Montana. Um, it is owned and run by myself and then my business partner, Josh Smith, yep. um, who is one of the best knife makers in the world living today. Um, you know, he's been making knives for over 30 years, and he's only 42 right now. Um, which is just absolutely insane because he started making knives at the age of 11, mm-hmm. became a master bladesmith at the age of 19, and he still holds the record for becoming the youngest master bladesmith wow. in history. Um, I don't think anyone's even really come close to that. Most people become master bladesmiths in their thirties, forties, fifties, and so on. Um, and you know, Montana knife company is, it's simple, you know, he's, he was always trying to make knives for, you know, he was always making custom knives and they, you know, To make a custom hunting knife for him, it was you know, it was very expensive. So but but the how a knife works and all that stuff, like you know, you remove the custom parts that make a custom knife expensive, it's still one of the best usable knives possible. So the idea was like, can we make a knife company that has that custom quality, but is affordable for everybody? And but it's still good enough that you actually want to start passing it down from Mm -hmm. generation to generation. So it's not a disposable knife, it's like it's kind of like just in that in in between space between like a really good knife and a custom knife.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, what's interesting about it as like a consumer, like in the military, I was issued knives. Right. And I always thought they were cool. And then I got out and I was like, Oh no, I'm no tactical guy. Right. Like, and it took me years until I started like playing with weapons again and getting back into the hobbies. But like, I was never a knife guy. I never had a knife on me. It wasn't the thing. I never had one in my pocket to cut something open ever. Until I bought one of your knives and like, just so everybody knows, like I buy the knives. That's how Brandon and I met. I was like excited that I was like first in line on a drop. Literally was like, I was like, tell me I was fucking number one. And he's like, (laughs) you were close. And I was like, and I like (laughs) planned this whole day out. But I was so excited because my friend, uh, Rob had showed me one and I was like, okay, I got to see the hype. And it's funny. It almost like made me a knife guy, but not a knife guy. Like I care about the knife. Like I don't want to get rid of it. Even Mm -hmm. when I hold it, when I feel it, like, something about it feels different to me. And like Brandon's in my office, there's four of them on the counter over there. You know, I've been gifted one that was somebody's favorite knife. And I told Brandon about it, but I was like, it's like one of the coolest things to me because every other thing I have, I can name you the brands, I can name you everything. And outside of K-Bar, which I only keep for nostalgia because we put those on everybody's plaques and right. I never used them for anything. Exactly. Except opening food. Um, I've never really had that. But it's even when you talk about why you did it and like how you're speaking about it. Like as a consumer who fully supports the brand as a consumer, like I feel that way, like legitimately, I feel that way. Like I'm like, oh my God, my son is six. My daughter already has one, mm-hmm. right? She's 18, but my son's six. I'm like, he's going to have these. Like, that's so cool to think about.
1: And, and I absolutely love that. Like to us, like that is the greatest message that we want to get across. Cause you know, like internally, we say we don't have any competitors. Mm-hmm. You know, especially in our space, in our niche, in our industry. You know, we we have friends. And the yep. knife world is—it's so insane. I've never worked in an industry where everyone is actually trying to progress. You know, each other because like because no one really looks at each other as competitors. Our competitors are people who don't understand a good knife. Yep. So because I guarantee you, like once you buy a you know Montana Knife Company knife. You're gonna be like, oh, that half face blades. I want one of their knives. Yeah. And then once you get a half face, you know, you might go to like a higher level bench made or yep. something along those lines. And you know, so the goal is to pretty much convert people and let them understand that knives are worth investing in. Yep. They're worth, you know, just they're 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 not disposable because mm-hmm. that was the biggest issue in the early 2000s, early teens was, you know, all these knife companies came on the scene and they started racing to the bottom of the barrel. Yep because they needed, you know, these big buys from big box stores and all this stuff. So, you know, it was, you know, there's replaceable blades and like all this stuff and like this is something that, you know, Josh gets super heated about because, yep. you know, he was literally spending his years trying to make artifacts. Like he's <laughs> like I want to make a knife that's sitting in a museum in 2000 yes. years and the rest of the industry is trying to make, you know, a $10 knife for Amazon. Yep. So, he's like no, this is where we're stopping. We're we're, we're you know, this is where we're going to plant our flag in the ground and we're gonna try to make a knife and make it respectable again. We want people to, you know, take pride in handing down their knives, their watches, and guns. Because when it comes to guys passing down things to, you know, yep. to their sons and grandsons, I mean, no one's gonna want their iPhone. No, <laughs> no, 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 no one. Like I'm, I don't want my, you know, yeah. my grandfather's, you know, iPhone nine. Yeah. Like, like, and and that's like their most. That's one of the only things that people carry on them anymore. It's so funny, you know. But a, a pocket knife. You know, you can call it woo-woo, whatever, but when someone carries a knife and they're carrying it every day, yep. it, you feel it. You do. It's in the metal. It's in the, the little nicks. It's how the handle's worn. You know, it's, it's the little divots where they over-sharpened, under-sharpened, like all that stuff. Like, that's the character of the knife being held by the person who held it before. Yep. You know, and there's not a lot of objects that stay on people's bodies through their entire life, and there is something special about receiving that.
0: Well, for sure. I mean, you think about when somebody's gifted like a beautiful watch, like it's the imperfections of somebody wearing it and living mm-hmm. with it and the memory and the social trigger of it. And then you're like, God, and then you take so much pride in it. And then like it becomes its own story. It really, really is set. like when you- when you just said i don't want my grandfather's iphone 9 like bro that landed Uh, and i like remembered instantly to like as a kid i remember like kids growing up where their dads would give them like swiss army knives and it was like the biggest thing ever and i'm like Mm -hmm. wow and then uh, now as a father i'm like wait i want to give my son something like god like that's such like a powerful reminder of like what really really matters yeah i love that man
1: yeah and it's and and it's huge and and it's hitting with people and we're starting to see it and like we are becoming a big gift company yeah and i love that like i love like hey i just bought six for all my employees hey i just bought x for this and like hey i want to buy them all for my groomsmen hey i want to do this and like that means a lot to us because you can just go to any cabela's big box store and just go take six knives off the shelf and give them to them but i think buying something from us you know being american made you know being hand finished in montana like all that stuff is like it just gives it a little bit more weight,
0: yeah, one of the things you said earlier, which I think is definitely worth repeating. we talked about on the first show, but you said like we 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 don't really have a niche, like one of the things that I love about you guys and 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 I would purport if you were to ask my professional opinion and why you're successful uh, is because you're unapologetically authentic, and that allows consistent alignment like every single day, and like to hear you say like you know we don't have competitors, we have collaborators and we don't apologize for who we are. Like, right. I think those tenants are like the foundational principles for why you guys are successful. But can you talk about that for a minute? Because I think it's so powerful to know your identity and stand behind it.
1: Yeah, no. And, and, and I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, you know, kind of going back to, you know, how, you know, trends are happening. Like, you know, us seeing that, you know, some of the other knife companies, you know, racing to the bottom, mm-hmm. trying to make the cheapest knife. But we're also seeing the same wave happen. In the hunting space, you know, all these big companies, you know, they're getting, they're getting purchased by these global and, you know, global entities yep. and like umbrella companies. And then their ethics and stuff are kind of floating down to some of these, you know, larger knife companies in the United States. And, you know, we're seeing complete, you know, massive knife companies that had very big presence in the hunting space, completely abandon hunters. Yep. Like 100% abandoned hunters, not because they don't believe in it, but just because it's, it's too hard to explain to the entire market what hunting is Mm -hmm. you know so what we're doing is is we're just doubling down we're a hunting knife company Mm -hmm. first that's the first thing that we do we're a hunting knife company our knives are meant to be used to processing animals but then they're also used for every day they're also used for you know they can be used for self-defense they can be used for protection like stuff like that but the idea is is that Like we're not shying away from that. Mm -hmm. Like we're not a pocket knife company that puts an orange handle on one of the models and calls it a night, you know, hunting knife. Like we designed like, and I think that's where some of our early, you know, like, like, um, accreditation came from some of our early fame comes, because we designed the knife for the most like hardcore sheep hunter in Alaska who was going on a hunt for two weeks and they were only bringing one knife Yep. and the confidence to hand that to someone we know that's spending anywhere upwards towards 50 to a hundred thousand dollars on a sheep hunt yeah like in handing them a tool being like this is the only one you need your life might be dependent on this mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of responsibility that goes <laughs> along with that and i don't think a lot of the knife companies really understand that no you know and we're talking to you know some you know these you know hunters have gone on hunts they brought replaceable blades and they're like you know we were two you know bush planes away from civilization where i can even go buy another knife I'm taking a replaceable blade, all the replaceable blades snapped. I'm, you know,
0: kind of shit out of luck. Yep. I don't have a knife. Yep. You know? And and there's real world repercussions. Like I'm not even like a hunter per se, but like with that, like how fast they process that animal is their safety. Right. And attracting other animals that are gonna come like there's so many implications that when like these companies ignore the hunter, there's real world collateral damage at a mm-hmm. level of like function that isn't taken into account like those are the god like god god like to think about that like it's like if a gun company like handed somebody a 10 mil to go into the backwoods and then it had like replaceable something like that's your life right it's
1: so crazy yeah and and and, and honestly like that's why like everyone you know the number one question we get is like hey when's your folder coming out when's your folder coming out well it's like we have full plans. We have full designs. We just hired one of the best knives is like folding knife designers, one of the best engineers. But, you know, Josh doesn't want to put a knife out yeah. until he absolutely knows it's fail proof. A lot of people don't know, like there's a lot of things that can go wrong with a folding knife in the field. You know, you know, temperature affects stuff, obviously water, corrosion, yeah. um, vibrations on your pack, like all this stuff. So if anything gets loose, you lose it. You know, you want to make sure it's be able to re- you know, repair in the field, but it has to work. And it also has to be, you know, it has to be safe to make sure it doesn't close on you when you're using it because, you know, we can get into the details of how people use knives, but when you're, you know, you're, when you're opening a box, you know, with your pocket knife, there's just a lot of tension towards the back. Yeah. But hunters put their knife on, put their finger on the back of the blade and they're pushing forward. Yep. They're actually almost making the action to close it. So, you know, we, you know, so we're, so we're developing like a patent pending locking system that's going to block all
0: of that. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. Dude, that's so nuts. Oh, yeah. Well, I love that though. So let's talk about business because I think that's like a perfect intro into business because I mean, like, I don't even remember when we did the show, but a lot has changed. Yes. Let's just start with like, what has changed? Like, what is life like now? What are we living in? Where are we?
1: So I'm trying to think of back when we we started. So I think back when we had our first podcast, it was Josh, myself, his wife, Jess, and like two other helpers. Um, yeah. And I think we had two helpers in the shop. And then I think I was just onboarding my like number two in the marketing yep. space bike. Yep. Um, and that's it. I think we just hired our 23rd employee. Wow. This week. So, and, and like I said, it's just the, the growth has just been absolutely insane. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I always just joke. It just feels like Josh and I are driving in a snowstorm with our cruise control pinned and all we can do is just steer like we can't (laughs) slow down we can't go faster it's just like
0: that is the best analogy cruise control pinned in a snowstorm that is what it feels like yeah Yeah.
1: and it's just like we're kind of just reacting to like what's in front of us still um but i think that's what is contributing to our speed Mm -hmm. to our growth and stuff like that like we're like we're taking advantage of every single opportunity that is a president you know presented to us mm-hmm.
0: yeah i well and like this is one of the things we were talking about i think we said it on the show right like you love that montana knife company is turning into a gift company right mm-hmm. and that like it's spreading um you know like it is but i i would challenge that what's happening is that people and customers are now exercising conditioned behaviors that were modeled by you as the company founder Mm -hmm. because like in the very beginning and even to this point now it's like you guys built this brand by giving to people by building relationships with people by gifting things that mattered and meant something and then now everybody's catching on and like repeating those behaviors it's cool Mm -hmm. to see and so like i imagine now though like what are some of the things now like obviously we've talked about your time things like that going from five employees to 23 employees of like a product that what is two and a half years, three years old?
1: Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: Three. Three years old. That's handmade, that's manufactured here in Montana. Yep. That's done here in Montana in the last three years has gone from like idea to twenty six employees. Yeah. And like the path is I, I don't even like how do you see all this? Like, how do you feel right now?
1: It's. I feel great. Okay. I, I, I feel great. Um. But but that's also layered with like all the other feelings that I want to feel. You know, stress, anxiety, like all that stuff. Like I asked for this. I wanted this. Like this is what I want. I'm the yeah. one with my foot on the you know the gas pedal, or yep. I'm the one that yep. that actually chose the you know chose the uh, the the speed that we we're gonna pin the uh-huh. pin the cruise control on. So, um. But right now it, it's it's wild because you know, in my past companies that I've always worked for is like, I've always come in after the blast off phase. Yep. I've, you know, I think some books call it the white water phase, like there's the gang phase and then it gets in the white water phase. Uh-huh. You know, I, I'm always brought in during the white water phase to help like just focus on one sector of the business, optimize that and, you know, try to grow that as much as possible. But right now, you know, as vice president CMO, you know, wearing a ton of different hats, like, you know, it's just kind of focusing on, you know, the entire business itself focusing on a year but you know where i've found a lot of you know stress management and stuff like this is by just like focusing on like the little micro things yeah you know and setting you know daily goals setting weekly goals that affect the monthly goal that have a determined like drop dead year goal yeah like as long as i know that i'm taking it in chunks yeah you know and and like on the creative side on the marketing side you almost don't want to like lean process it too much. Yep, because then you get in like this like weird treadmill, and you don't want to be in the weird treadmill. But not you with wa- marketing. Not with marketing. So you want to leave like a system of like, hey, every week's a drop, you know. But like, I don't know what the creative's going to be. Yep. Like, let's 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 not think about that until the week of. It will make us be, you know, if, if we're if our backs against the wall, like what we do Wednesday and when it needs to go live Thursday, it's probably gonna be way more creative than like what we did three weeks ago. Yep. Yep. Um. So just that was kind of like a long-winded answer but
0: well i think it's it well it's actually it leads to a good question i think what's so cool like you guys are are have been a drop company right Mm -hmm. and um even in hearing what you just said there's a lot of people listening like fuck what do you mean i have to do creative for tomorrow today like Mm -hmm. and they're like i don't i don't i don't want that but i like for me like that's one of the biggest secrets right is like creating containers that you fill that by context, you know, are going to set you up to win, but content you have to fill in exactly. to match the moment and the matter. And so, you know, to know, and I think it's so powerful to know like what you've scaled and where you guys have come from, like that's a lot of fast growth. And you guys are doing this at a very, very big scale, but you're also operating what most people would consider like chaos. It, it's pure chaos. It's, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of not though, because yeah. if, if you were to systemize it, right, if you were to systemize the marketing and the drops, then it wouldn't work anymore. Yes. Right. And so it's almost like the nature of the beast of the dinner that you ordered.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I, I always say like, I'm, I'm panicking with a purpose. Pa- oh, that's a good one. Pa- <laughs> right. Well, because, like, there's a purpose, but like, we got to do it. And like, the
0: feeling is always the same. And no matter mm-hmm. how many times we still forget to remind ourselves like, Oh yeah, there it is again. Yep, yeah. There it is again. So mm-hmm. like how, how have like, what's changed now, like in, in that level of growth. Right. So like, obviously in the very beginning, you're pretty much like, foot on the gas pedal doing a lot of behaviors right now you're right. hiring yes. right and you're growing massively and now you're like okay cool i have to pick and choose where i spend bite-sized chunks down yeah how do you even go about like thinking about your day differently now though right because like you're having to now go from player on the field to then coach to now skybox and then some days you're playing in all three positions right and so like I just kind of like, as you're navigating this, like on the outside in, right? Like I'm like, well, I'm glad I'm friends with him. Cause I fucking, I preach you up like, whoo, I'm like, you have no idea how good he is. I'm like, he's doing this and this and this and this and this. Right. But then on the inside, it's a little bit of a different experience. And I think there's a lot like watching you do this. Like it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's motivating in the biosmosis. I'm like, George, get your shit in order. Let's go. Right. Like, <laughs> All right, let's go. But I know it doesn't always feel like that but it sounds like you have a really good perspective and i think the more human we are about it the more everybody benefits cuz i feel like there's this trap everyone's like oh when i make that 3 million or when we hit that scale it gets easier right or and i'm like well we're kind of in the middle of it so i kind of love to hear how you see it or how you're working through it or what you yeah yeah
1: and, and there's there's a couple things to unpack there cuz you know the like the amount of success that we have right now we never yep ever expected yep. ever in our life. And, you know, we're, we're not big about giving up but numbers and stuff like this, but the craziest thing was is our first year, um, you know, we told our business insurance guy, like, Hey, like we're probably gonna do about like a hundred grand, yep. 120 grand. And we bought insurance for that. And, you know, we, en- we en- ended up ending that year at, um, like 1.9 million. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, like, like it's, I always say this, this company is way bigger than Josh and I right now are uh, huge it it is way bigger than anything any our employees are doing it's way bigger than anything that's going on like this is part of a movement this is part of a correction in the market this is a part and we're just being like our customers are dictating who's going to lead by example and we're one of the examples of hey things could be done in america it is it is really hard but it's not impossible. yep and it, it also can be prosperous it can be profitable if it is done right and if you're doing it with the right intent and all that. Like, mm-hmm. so that's like one thing, like, I want to make sure everyone understands yep. is that, you know, it is possible to do things in America. And the one thing that a lot of people don't realize too, is like, we can't spend money on advertising.
0: I, and I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause I was going <laughs> to ask about this. So go.
1: Yeah. So, so, so Facebook, um, Instagram, um, even Google, a lot of our knives, a lot of our products. I mean, all of them to the point where we can't run, paid facebook ads we can't run paid instagram ads we can't run paid especially on tiktok yeah we can't do it on google and there's ways of working around it where i can set up subsites where i only sell my culinary but our culinary is sold out so yeah there's no, it's hard so there's no conversion based no. i mean running ads just by themselves to sell a knife that's available is hard enough yeah but then trying to do like two back doors and trying to trick the algorithm and all that stuff so you know like we're building this massive company without being able just to start like injecting capital into that but it's also made us like focus on what actually works on like what is actually moving the needle and you know this is something you're very big on but it's like relationships yes 100 percent. relationships is what built this company you know giving that 51 percent to everybody yeah like just you know our company You know, like we always give credit to like Bert Soren at Sorenx for like helping launch our company because he's the one who gave Josh confidence, you know, to launch, you know, to launch the company along with his wife and stuff like that. But then gave us contacts. Yep. And then like what we did with those contacts, you know, and so we've been given all these opportunities. And the thing is, is like, you know, people always feel like, oh, like they give you an inch, you took a mile. But like, it's almost like, like. You know, if someone gives you an opportunity, it's your duty to run with it and yep. make the most of it because you won't get a second opportunity nope. from that person. Nope. They want to see you do that. So that's kind of like, you know, that's like one thing we just can't focus enough. And I almost had to rewire my brain for this because I like to say that I came from like the Tin Ferriss generation yep. where it's like the four hour work week. How can I hack it down to this and do the most like minimal thing? And how can I like interact with least people as possible And all that stuff. But I think learning those systems, but then
0: adding relationships on top of it. That's the secret. That's the secret sauce. What I tell everybody is that you automate everything that doesn't require human touch point. Yes. And then what you're left with is the space where all the magic happens. Yes. That's, That's the whole point of like every customer journey model I have, everything I do, everything is to buy back your time to everything that doesn't require human touch so that you can add human touch because that really is the only way to scale that is the only way it's a relationship at a time Mm -hmm. and so yeah hearing you say it and especially like at the lens and hearing the numbers and like what it is like the faster you get that the faster everybody wins because at the end of the day it's a human being who's taking out a credit card right? right that's it yeah and there's one thing behind that decision and that credit card also represents as word of mouth referrals and follows and content shares and everything and that person has to feel safe. Yes. That's it. They have to feel seen. They have to feel heard. Mm-hmm. And I don't give away which way you slice it, how much money you have. You find me one way to successfully automate your marriage. And then you can convince me that what Brandon and I are <laughs> talking about is not true.
1: That's absolutely amazing. No, that's that so true. It is. It is absolutely true.
0: And that's what like for me, that's what sucks the auction out of all of it. Like at the end of the day, I am nothing without my customers. I don't mm-hmm. exist. And they owe me nothing. Yes. I owe them everything. Just because I put a piece of content in the world doesn't mean they owe me their attention. Right. It means I'm throwing a piece of bait out there and in hope that they pay attention, I'm now indebted to their intention mm-hmm. to make it worthwhile them giving it to me. Yeah. And that's how I think about it and I don't think there's any other way to think about it.
1: No, I love that. Yeah. You know, and and and, and lately I've been like obsessed with this idea of like how can like how can I deliver a product that almost gains like that it's almost like it's like you buy it now and it's worth more later yes like like almost like buying a buying a buying appreciates yeah appreciates that's the word I was looking for so like a a product that appreciates value after you buy it yep you know because like right now we're just like in such like this throwaway economy of like everything yep but it's like finally like no you have like the people who bought a knife last year or the year before you bought a first year montana knife company knife we're not giving up. Like how insane would they say like, Hey, I got a first year buck knife. Yeah. Hey, I got a first year bench made yep. when, you know, the owner was just making butterfly knives out of his garage. Yep. Like how, like, you know, or like, you know, go back to any other industry, but like to say that you have the first year or something, like obviously not guaranteeing anything disclaimer, but like those knives are probably going to be worth a lot. Yeah. And even stuff, you know, that we're selling today our third year, our fourth yep. year. And like, you know, and, and that's why like we're starting to engrave like our first drop models and stuff like that. But like, I'm obsessed with like, the value after you make the purchase. Yep. Like how does the knife keep on increasing, you know, in value, but then also how do we keep on giving back to you, you know, through certain contacts and through like all of our, like our guarantees and things like that. But, yep. you know, not to get down that whole road, but like, that's what I'm obsessed with right
0: now. Well, and, and you should be like, and everybody listening, you got to understand that the only thing that COVID did was filter out all the bullshit and make the amount of endowment required even greater and deeper in order mm-hmm. for somebody to come in the hidden benefit is that it's more front work for you, but then it's more longevity for you because once they're in, they don't leave. Yeah. But it all requires relationships no matter which way you slice it. Mm -hmm. And I love this, but for everybody listening, you're like, well, this is a knife. No, this is no different. The way that I look at my content is that my content is a bridge and then when I'm done with it, it was only there to help you improve your life everywhere out and it gets better with time. Right. Like every single time I'm like, nope, no, we're through that. Remember, nope. Here's the next thing. Here's the next thing. Like it's it's all and like even when I teach people, like my job isn't to find my customers; it's to create them. Mm-hmm. And creating them means that they have to progress. And like even our backpacks at High Speed Daddy, we lifetime warranty them. Yeah, it goes from a diaper bag to then a laptop bag to then a gym bag to then a hunting bag. Like I use my bags every day, right, all day. And we're like, no, we don't want your money. We want you to use the bag. And if you rip it, we'll fix it, right? Like, yep. and to the detriment of our business, most of the time. But what's more important to us is that like that thing's a functional part of your life and it's a cool reminder and it's something you stand for and you believe in it's something that's there, even if there's thousands of them in the market. Mm -hmm. And we did the same thing because we bootstrapped it to 10 million bucks. Yeah. Right. Like two vets, a couple employees, Amazon, Shopify, Craig's sewing shit in his garage, finding a manufacturer. Right. Like, and you know, it's, it's crazy to think about, but at the end of the day, like, People are the only thing that matters. And, and what I think is so cool about you guys is you guys have had people since the beginning and you've never forgotten about those people. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you could look at it, but here's the thing. If I was to look at your growth chart, I could find every correlated relationship directly below it. And then I could find you all of the ones right now that are directly impacting your scale. I think you're blessed that you see that. Yeah, And I think a lot of people need to understand that, like, at the end of the day, it's a human being that's making every decision,
1: mm-hmm. every
0: referral, every credit card, every introduction, yeah, every contact. Like, and I've been in this game long enough to know that, like, if you nail a hole in a fence and you pull that nail out, they'll remember that hole 12 years later, <laughs> especially when your name comes up in a conversation. Right. Right. And, like, it's, it's cool. Like, I, it, it's so cool to hear because I think for so many people... They ask how, like, how can this be done? There's not another way that's not like you can't do business this way. And like, I always get excited to talk to you and to share your guys this stuff. Cause I'm like, no, like you guys are the fucking walking example of like, no, choose the right reasons,
1: mm-hmm. choose
0: the right people for the right reasons, believe in the right things and fucking stay committed to it. Yes. And the moment you do that and you protect that it's untouchable. It's untouchable. And so I, I, like it's cool. It's like this fourth wall thing because I'm friends with you. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, but also on the outside, like I can see it. It's so dope.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. I really do. Because obviously, too, like when you're in it, too, you're just like, this is pure chaos.
0: Well, and you, and get, it, you get it like a minute ago and you're like, this is what I obsess about, right? What you're obsessing about is you're obsessing about the whole point of business in the first place, which is understanding that when somebody buys your product and service, it's never the solution. It's a bridge for them to get there. Mm-hmm. Right. So like nobody's buying a Montana knife company because it's a Montana knife. They're buying it because they want to be a better hunter, or have more confidence or have more boom. What you guys get from the very get go is you understand that. So what you're obsessing about is teaching them how the other ways this can help them in their life, all the other ways it can benefit in their life and all the other ways their life can benefit just from being in a relationship with this company. Right. And the faster everybody gets that, the, the faster you win because the knife itself is a bridge. Yes. That bridge is to an island. Everybody in business loses is because all they do is design the bridge and they forget that there's an island that's needed on the other side. And everybody Mm -hmm. lives on the island and they're only on the bridge for a day. Yes. And everybody just obsesses about that bridge. Right. You obsess about the right things, which is the island. Yeah. Because the bridge just needs to be the minimum viable solution to get them in. Whether it's a culinary set, whether it's an MKC t-shirt, whether it's a hat, whether it's a gift, whether it's a sticker, whether it's a blood-in shirt. The moment they have that experience, they're into the movement.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then in the movement is where you obsess about that. And it's never about the knife. Yeah. Right? The knife's the totem. The hat's the totem. It's the reminder. Like my, I have that one heavyweight MKC hoodie that's in my closet next to the rest of them that I pull out in cold weather and I put it on and like, I feel good. It's like a totem. Right. And so I, I'm sharing all this because like, I can see it on the outside based on like what we teach and what we focus on for everybody listening though. Like when you're listening to Brandon talk about this, like obsessing about these things, they know the knife is there, but I want you to go look at their stuff. They don't ever sell a knife. They sell a lifestyle. They sell an experience. Mm-hmm. They sell an identity. What they say is like, hey, the, if this is who you are and this is who you want to be, we are here for you. And if it's not, we are not. But we are welcome. You're welcome to come back at any time. Right. right. And you don't need to be a, buy a knife to be a part of this culture. You don't need to be any 100%. of 100%. And I think that that's the most important part to remember, because if you're selling features and benefits, it's just transactional in nature and you're not going to like when you get. Yeah. If you highlight an experience and you understand what your product or service, whether it's a knife, a course or anything, it's just a bridge and you focus your life and your marketing and your messaging around the gained experience or the gained perspective or whatever that thing is. That's what allows you in the get-go to even do this in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I just think a lot of people forget about that, right? And I remind entrepreneurs because the easiest way to get a seven-figure entrepreneur to break through a plateau is to remind them of what they did for the first six months in their business and then make them delete everything else that got in the way. And then they're off and cooking, right? Because it's the only thing that matters is you sell those first 20 knives, those first 50 knives and you worked your ass off to sell them. And you're like, Oh my God. And you kind of forget what worked because then it starts coming in and you start adding all this stuff. And eventually you always have to find your way back to, Oh, it's always going to be those same core things.
1: It's so funny you say that because like, that's something Josh and I always say is like, you know, like we'll, like we'll, we'll start expanding our marketing and start expanding here and going after this thing and like going down this Avenue doing this and stuff. But you know, it always comes back to like, remember what used to work we just used to give knives to our friends yes like that that worked every single time for every single drop we just we just picked a couple friends sent them knives and then just like it just spider web every time yeah, every single time and uh-huh. you know but like how can we do that in mass and scale and stuff like that and you know but it, it is the truth like what works in those first six months is probably still our most tactful things that are working today There just might be some mechanisms in the background that are amplifying
0: that. A thousand percent. What I tell everybody is that no matter what, to get stronger, it's always squat, deadlift, and bench. Mm -hmm. The only difference is your level of mastery and relationship with the movement that allows you to do it. Yes. Very differently with very different loads, very different weights, very different recoveries, and very different sets based Mm -hmm. on what your needs are. But the movement is always going to be the same. Right. And I think I think it took me 38 years of suffrage to figure that out. <laughs> and now I get it. I'm like, Oh, it's always going to be making content. It's just what it looks like is going to be different. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be about this thing, except the content's going to be a little like I'm never going to be able to not work. right Right? no i'm just how i work is going to be amplified out very differently yes and that's the thing that when you get it it's always those basics every single time and so now though with that knowing that right like knowing that you're kind of in this interesting paradox right i think paid media getting removed off the table which i would love i'll ask the question based on that Mm -hmm. now that paid media has been removed off the table or it's kind of in a shitty relationship the whole time yeah how do you navigate that and how have you navigated that as a team like you've gotten creative you've thought of different ways now mm-hmm. but like how has that impact been there like how do you think through that right because there's a lot of people thinking listeners right now like i don't own paid i don't run paid media anyways all i right. have is owned and earned right Yes, owned is what's yours and earned is giving knives to your friends so now as a marketer as a cmo how do you see building the business kind of knowing that you just kind of removed paid media off the table
1: right so, you know, and what's awesome is, is that, you know, it, it kind of leans back onto my, like, you know, I always say like I'm a hammer and email is my nail. Yep. Email, SMS, like any way to like directly contact your person. Like to me, that is the greatest thing. And I think I said this in the original podcast, but I said when, when you know, MKC was the first business I got to start from the beginning and build that list up organically and like make sure it's like highly, highly concentrated on people who want to be here. Yep. They weren't tricked to be here. Yep. They want to be here. And I told, you know, I, I always tell Josh, you know, I always tell the joke, but like I said, Josh, when we start this company, I don't care if you if you if you, if your grandma wants to buy a knife, she has to do it through the website. I want her cookied. Yep. I want her email. I yep. want her SMS. I want all her information. Um, and that has just paid off so dramatically by doing that from day one. yeah Just focusing on bringing people especially in our space like you know you can be in the hunting space firearm space self-defense space like all these like kind of adjacent categories that you know facebook deems as inappropriate to to advertise like make sure you're doubling down on capturing emails capturing um text messages just ways to you know contact your person when you need to
0: contact them which i'm going to ask another question because need is not when you want to sell them something so now the second part of the question you have always been bullish on this collecting info and doing it but you also do it with the right intention so as you do this and you're collecting and i know how important that is mm-hmm. what are you looking for in collecting collecting them having them as somebody who lives in this world that and, and the reason i'm saying this is because you sell a physical product that right. be like well george how do you build a customer journey without and i'm like well brent and i have that figured out right but a lot of people look at it like well, what would you email people? What value could you provide? What would get people to click? And you guys are masters at this. So I would love to kind of hear your thoughts around
1: it. No, no. I, and this is like my favorite thing to talk about too is because, you know, everyone... So we're blessed that we that we don't have a single item company. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I always... My my biggest fear is like if if I had to work for a company that just sold like one coffee grinder, Mm -hmm. and then every week I had to I had to find I had to find a new way to sell it, you know, and then eventually it just comes you know comes into the way of just like how do you spend a thirty percent off? Is it buy two get one free? Is it thirty percent off? Is it this? Is that? But you know, so what I try to do and what what we try to do is like we like like we call like what's that? What's the energy for that week? Like what's the? It's not the what's the marketing because we 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 never do sales you know, everything is just about like, what's the energy for that Thursday night? It's, is it going to be a new knife? So, and right now, like we have a brand new knife dropping, not a brand new knife. We have a knife or a knife restock dropping every Thursday from here until the end of the quarter. And I actually have quarter one and starting to work on quarter two of next year. That's every single Thursday. Wow. So that answers my question of like, what am I going to focus on this week? Mm -hmm. It's this model, that model, this model. So it's just like, just pushing the benefits of that knife, finding the customer who, who wouldn't want and use that knife. Um, but then like that takes care of my, like the bulk of my week is like Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And then like Tuesdays, you know, is usually like our apparel, like merchandise and stuff like that. So we're, we have a, almost a merchandise drop scheduled every Tuesday from here until until we turn stop doing that. Yeah. So, But it's all about creating a company exciting enough to want to be yelling about it every single day Mm -hmm. i mean and you know people talk about man it's hard to make content and like you know like this machine's driving so fast right now that there's stuff that i'm leaving off the table yeah like i don't have enough spaces to actually post all the content that we have created you know if it's between the knife drops the apparel drops just like our general knives in stock you know, everything that Josh is doing on his own and his personal brand between his podcast and like all that stuff, like that's all real estate space. You know, we're super heavy on Instagram. You know, we're, you know, we've posted at least once a day for the past two and a half years. We've never missed a day of posting a post. And now we're getting up to everyone's posting like twice a day, every single day, some days, three, some days, four, But it's like, and the thing is, is like, it's because we've created this company so exciting that we want to tell our customers like, hey, this is new. Hey, this is happening. Look at this, you know, this fundraiser we did. Look at this. And it's like, so don't look at it as like marketing as like, hey, how can I sell this product? But like build a company exciting enough and a company culture exciting enough that, that there's so much new stuff to talk about.
0: Well, I think I think what it is is that you're not ever having to sell because you're just documenting experiences and showing them. Yes. So for everybody listening, like here's the thing, like anytime somebody typically comes to me and they're like, well, I don't know what to say or I don't know what to talk about. I'm like, well, you just don't love your product as much as you want people to love it. Mm -hmm. And they never will. Yeah. Because if you're not excited to talk about it, like if you're sitting here struggling, then you don't have what you need. Right. Because one of the other things that you said is like you literally were like, oh, here's my tone for the week. What's my energy? Are this knife dropping. Not once did you say anything about the knife itself. You're like how this knife could help that person. Mm -hmm. What's the benefit of this knife in their life? Like you're thinking about the application in their life with the tool as just a tool for that thing right and so like i want everybody to hear this though because that's what makes it easy to solve the what do i say and so why that matters is like i read all of their emails i get all of their text messages and because everything's founded on openness and a part of this community Mm -hmm. and you guys are so excited even when you send emails that are just about buying they don't feel like i'm buying anything i'm like i'm winning with my family right now like i'm so holy shit this is in our pantry okay like it's not even like what's so funny about you guys is that like when I see it it's almost like oh my god I got a gift today not like I'm gonna whip out my credit card and spend $400 <laughs> and set up my calendar system and reminders every 15 minutes before 5.59pm so that I can be first in line logged in waiting for my Shopify code ready to go like huh huh And so for everybody wondering like you should just be on their newsletter irregardless because I'm not joking (laughs) like you'll get bit by the itch. Uh But when I break it down as the guy who teaches this, why why it matters so much for me is that from the first touch point on from whether I opted in for your newsletter or whether I bought a knife, I never felt like it was about that thing. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was about us as me and Montana Knife Company choosing to be in a relationship together or a community or a thing. And it always felt like solid ground. So, like even when you guys do a drop, I'm like, "Fuck, that knife's kind of ugly, right?" Like, not my style. Mm-hmm. I still read it. I still go click on the page. And I'm right. like, Oh, that's dope. I wonder who's going to get that one. And then one of my friends has it six months later. I'm like, "Oh, that was for you. Oh, got it."
1: Yep. Right. right.
0: Like, but it's such an interesting feeling, and it's a weird place for me to be in as like a consumer of it, then also friends with you, and then also like teaching it because I see it and I feel it, which actually even makes it hard to ask questions about it sometimes. Yeah. Because I'm like. Well, I'm like in it too. Wow, this is weird. Yeah. Okay, cool. But I wanted to call that out because I even when you're answering questions, you're answering many, many answers that give so much credibility to how you're doing this uh-huh. that I want everybody to hear that. <laughs> no. I appreciate so before that, though, so I love that energy thing, by the way, like what's my energy this week? Oh, yeah, that's huge before you had the drop. So let's say you had one knife drop a month. Mm-hmm. How would you do that energy for that week?
1: Right? No, so, so that, that's a great question. Because like our first year, like we were literally like, hey, let's drop this giant batch of knives. And then we used that money to, do to, to, to go buy the next one. So and it's funny, because like, if you look at our Shopify, it's like spike, spike, spike spike and then like the next year it's like spike 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 yeah spike, the gaps spike. just get shorter yeah it just yeah. get shorter and so in between those in between those drops it was wild like josh and i were just like okay okay we'll just start like a coffee company we'll do a collab with a brand so we did a collab with you know a coffee company in missoula and then we did like a collab with one of my best friends um casey bard you know tactic calories we did a seasoning blend with him yeah you know we we're looking for things just to drop on the website they're you know tuesdays and you know, thursdays and the weeks between and stuff like that but then, like you know, the first thing Josh and I did, we weren't even taking a paycheck from the company. We're like, we'll just start doing fundraisers. We'll start raising money, and we ended up like you know, we're three months in. Josh, you know, you know, Josh, Brandon, Lily, and Laura Zera, which are you know, two of the you know people, you know, Brandon, Lily, and Laura Zera, you know, were two of the like earliest like just absolute cheerleaders for our company. You know, we brought them in, and you know, they forged a knife, and we You know, we did like a. um, like a, like, a, like almost like a giveaway kind of thing to raise money for, you know, veterans. And, you know, we're like, oh, we'll you know, probably get a couple, maybe a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks. But within like, you know, eight hours we raised close to $10,000, $14,000, wow. something like that totally. So we were able to bring in 22 veterans and then that gave us the energy for when we did the veterans event. Yep. So it's just like, we're looking, like I'm always looking at that calendar, just make sure there's something exciting happening every week. Like we never take a week off.
0: What I love, like I, I get 400 episodes, right? I don't think once I've ever heard talked about energy like this. And literally the podcast before this with the Reiki Healer, all we talked about was energy. Uh huh. And that'll probably come out a week or two before yours. Um, but this concept of energy, like when you're saying this, like this is landing for me of like where things have been so easy for me in business is because I've been more excited about it than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And they got half as excited and it changed their life. You literally intentionally as a company from day one, you and Josh behaviorally, like by design, have literally pushed and stretched each other. To be like every single week we need to do something excited that we can document, mm-hmm. that we can learn from or that we can grow from. And when you didn't have a product and yet you were still making the product and not getting paid, well, that was your daily function. You protected it and then started doing collabs and then worked in this chunk your goal down to basically every week. You're like, I know somewhere we want to be, but this week I need some energy. Here's where I'm going to bring energy. Mm -hmm. That is one of the most incredibly profound, simple concepts ever because I literally had like 20 ideas. And I'm like, every single time I do that, I get inspired by something. I bite something. I try something. I do something. And I'm like, not once I've ever thought about like, oh yeah, like let's just intentionally do something so fucking fun and exciting this week. I have to document it. Mm-hmm. Like that's so cool to hear.
1: I appreciate that. No, I really do. And you know, and and when you know, like when people ask, like, hey, what's the secret to MKC? All this stuff. Like it's so hard to answer because it's a million things. And you know, we've already gone over yeah. ten of them. But the one thing, like, I'm like, when it comes to setting up our marketing, like, I always say, like, I'm obsessed with like, you know, to go back to like a football analogy is like, I'm obsessed with first downs. Yeah. I'm not, I am not a Hail Mary marketer.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and God, I love those guys. And I've worked for those guys and I worked with those guys and they're like, Hey, like just like if that person shared us or this thing happened or this thing, like they're working and they're just throwing Hail Marys, but it's like the dude that is just focused on every week, just getting a first down. Yeah. They're gonna hit the end zone or every time or the field goal or whatever football i'm not a sports guy well but... that's right well I, i'm not either so i use baseball
0: because yeah. i'm like i heard some baseball coach say base hits win baseball games yes. not home runs
1: and that's it yes. And i was like yeah yeah that yeah that,
0: yeah inches not miles
1: yeah, yeah. But, but 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 that's also too is like i think that's but then there's another layer on top of that yeah and what that is is that you know i have an incredible business partner with josh is that i'm focused on the first downs every single week Like, I'm focusing on cash flow. I'm focusing on the next knife drop. I'm focusing on this. And that completely allows him to just be throwing Hail Marys like crazy. And that dude is the luckiest man I have ever met (laughs) in my life. He can, you know, the joke is that Josh can, you know, trip and cow shit and five, $5. You know, so, (laughs) so, so like the, Like I'm always trying to like guard him from like all the busy work and like all that stuff, so that he can just sit there and just throw Hail Marys. Yeah, you know he can send a knife to Dana White. Yeah, and then get a you know a call at Dana White and then a post or like you know all the like the random things that have happened is just. You know, because like there's, there he has that freedom to do well
0: and luck, meaning, uh, when preparation meets opportunity and the youngest ever bladesmith who's been crafting knives for 30 years to be able to have the confidence exactly in the blade to send to the Dana, which would be the reason he opened it in the first place. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then he has a business partner who, by design, protects his queen bee role. And keeps him in it and protects him out of it while then putting himself in them and ensuring that culturally we create fun and we stretch ourselves intentionally while everybody focuses on customers first, relationships only, and then processes around first downs. Yeah, it's not that complicated, Brandon. (laughs) The complication is in the, the discipline to execute it with your heart. Mm-hmm. And when you're told and shown by the world that it's not going to work, you tell it to fuck off. Yes. And you choose your business partner and your team and your customers anyways. And you're like, well, fuck it. If we're going down, we're going down together. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's where it gets complicated. Yes. And that's where people lose and they want the easy button. Right. Right. Because like the more I learn and the more I listen to you, and I obviously I'm very aware the more it all makes crystal sense to me, Mm -hmm. like crystal clear. And I'm like, God, thank you for the reminders. Like I need to go start writing emails again, but like it's, it's so, so powerful, but it also speaks to, I I don't remember if we talked about this first show, but like even what you just said, like in two and a half years, in three years, you can literally right now for anybody listening to this, go back to our other podcast, the first one, Mm -hmm. which was relatively early with five, six employees to now, and you could go look at where daily base hits and this stuff has consistently created what most people would say can't be done, mm-hmm. right? And you can't control the result, right? You can't control the number, the revenue. But the rest of it is like, you guys remind me a lot of Away Luggage where there was this market of luggage where everybody chased to the bottom to have the biggest character you know, at the cheapest price mm-hmm. and then they all broke and then it went from that to Ramoa and Toomey, right? And there was no right. middle ground. And then Away was like, We're going to make a $300 suitcase that's better than all of them, that's simple, that we guarantee. Yes. And then instantly unicorn. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm like, but it wasn't instantly unicorn. They had to make a commitment to something that everybody said couldn't be done, that couldn't exist, that wouldn't actually solve a problem. And they're like, we believe it does. Uh And then they had to hold it while everybody said they were fucking crazy. Right. And then, you know, boom, boom, boom. And I was like, how'd you do it? I'm like, you were calling me crazy a couple of years ago. You guys protected the crazy Mm -hmm. and you stood in it. And like what I love and I think I told you this the first time is like when you meet Brandon, um, Josh, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting, only just hearing. Um, But you feel that level of integrity and intention and those values. And so like for everybody listening, like I'm saying this, too, because I think all too often it's easy to hear somebody like Brandon be like, no, no, no. But like that's how we think. It's like, no, no, no. That's how they are. Mm-hmm. That's how they choose to be. Like every time I bump in Brandon around town and we do it all the time, either with Rob or in Target or Majestic Arena or somewhere I see him or we yell at each other. It's always the same. This isn't an answer from like a book. This is a choice that you make
1: mm-hmm. every
0: single day that you and Josh make every single day that you and the staff make every day to choose each other and to choose your customers because the world around you is telling you not to. Right. To scale, to sell it out, to know to hear. And, and, and I just don't want that to be overlooked because I think that is such an important part of the story that I just wanted to call that out.
1: I, I, I really do. I I appreciate that. And, and I, I think that is what is kind of separating our, our company from everything else. But then also too, it's like, this is Josh's legacy. Yes. Like Josh has been working on this for 30 years. You know, he, he had the hindsight to purchase Montana knife company at the age, the the name, you know, trademarked and the URL at the age of like, he was like 20. His mom did it for him. So he's been sitting on it for 20 years. So for me, it's like, I have like a level of like respect that I need to like honor this business that's being built, you know, because like our goal from day one is like, we want this to be a household name. Mm -hmm. We want this to be a legacy brand. We want this to be a Leopold. We want this to be a SIG. We want this to be, you know, a Mossberg. Like we want that, and I think like, as we focus on the long game, like that's, a, that's, it's just letting us be able to say no to all the short game stuff, you know, and everyone right now is all about short game, raising capital, trying to sell the company, like all this stuff. And like, when that's just completely off the table, yeah, like you're like, the decisions are made for you
0: a thousand percent. Is
1: that the, is like, is that ethically yeah. like, is that, is that, is that like the, the most like ethically sound decision? For your employees like we want our employees for 20 years we want them to retire with us yes you know what i mean so
0: and and oh god fuck yeah i got goosebumps bro. <laughs> god yes yeah well and and here's the thing i for everybody listening to this right now rewind it for two minutes and listen again and i want you to listen for what you don't hear you don't hear i want to sell a knife for 400 dollars. you don't hear I want to make a blade and not care about anything else. You don't hear I want to market it and get them to buy. You don't hear I want to get an upsell. You don't hear I want to maximize LTV. You don't hear I want to maximize conversion. You don't hear any of it. And I want you to catch this because Brandon, we speak marketer together uh, mm-hmm. very fluently. Brandon is one of the smartest and most incredible marketers. But in this entire podcast and the entire podcast before, I want you to hear this, that you're sitting and listening to the the owner, part owner, co-owner, business partner of multi-million dollar company that was mm-hmm. created from the ground up in two and a half years and not once in any conversation that we've ever had as you run a very large bootstrapped e-commerce company that should not exist, <laughs> have you and I ever talked about or you answered a question or done anything about revenue, money, transactions now those frames exist, mm-hmm. but you don't put them in that frame until after the person. Right. That is one of the reasons you are one of the greatest marketers. But for everybody listening, when you listen to these answers to these questions, if you are asking them the, in a different way than Brandon is, you're going to get a different answer. You can't ask these questions and try to get the answer and apply them through the lens of transaction. It will not work. Mm-hmm. And you can't ask them from the lens of transaction and take his answers today and then try to make them work because they won't. There's a level of like congruency that's required at like a very, very deep scale. And the longer you talk, like every time I ask you a question about business, about numbers, about transactions, you will not go there. Like it's not in your DNA. (laughs) But that's also the reason that like why everybody looks at you guys and they're like, why does it work all the time? I don't Mm -hmm. understand why it works. It's really simple. You do it the right way. You put the people first. Mm-hmm. And then you backfill the solution. And so I, I had to call that out because I'm going to ask you a question about marketing. And like now thinking like where you were, where you are now, protecting Josh's role. Like mm-hmm. you live in the same state of the world we live in right now, right? You're not doing paid media. So it's a whole lot on other people because there's no point at right. the time right now, mm-hmm. right? Saturated market. Mm-hmm. Your content gets banned and disabled all the time. Yep lots of people won't even share and talk about your content because it's challenging for their audience, even though they believe the same way, right? You have almost on paper, every single ounce of the fight tied against you, Mm -hmm. like held against you. How now as like a marketer, are you thinking about navigating? Like, how do you think about marketing? How do you think about this company where do you think people should be focusing now i know earlier alluded to like the relationships right Mm -hmm. but like now looking forward and, and hearing the lens of your purview and what you've built what's important to you and what do you think is really important for everybody to keep focusing on in the near future when it comes to any of this stuff right wow that that's a really good question it's a really hard question to answer
1: too yeah with Or maybe what are you focusing Yeah, on? I okay, I I like that one better. What are you?
0: I what I should have said is you.
1: Yeah, no no yeah. No, no 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 and that's great cuz like cuz you know p- people do ask that and I, what I want to say is like not enough people are listening to the to the other persons you know um the other persons you know troubles. Yes. Like like with me like I could like like you, like you just list out everything that's my problem. Yeah. But it's not the same as someone 1,000%. else for someone else and stuff 1,000%. like that because like you know there, there's no secrets anymore. No. Like, like that's the thing I love is like, you know, I alluded to like the old Tim Ferriss thing. Like, you know, early two thousands, it was all about these secrets. Yeah, there's things going on in the background you don't know. People are like, well, what's your secret? It's like, everything I do, you see. Yes, that's marketing. If you don't see it, I failed. Yes, and and that's that's the thing about like what what what's the difference between good marketing and great marketing is that you know, it's everything you're, everything I'm doing is in the public. There's nothing running in the background of the website that is creating something greater than you're seeing in front of you every single day. So it's just, it's, you know, if if I had to give people advice, it's, you know, the thing is like, focus on your first downs, you know, have your big picture goals set and be like, no, I mean, like literally do everything possible to hit that goal on December 31st, mm-hmm. and then just take it in bites, take it by, de- you know, by month and then take it by week and then take it by day, mm-hmm. you know, you know, like, you know, you were saying like, I don't talk about numbers, but like, they're always there, Yeah, but they're benchmarks. Yes. They're, they're absolute benchmarks. They're litmus tests. They're benchmarks or things like that. Um, but you know, it, the biggest thing is, is, you know, in, like what I'm focusing on in the next year is just all eyes on the brand. Yep. So now I have to reverse engineer, like, how can I get people outside of Instagram? How can I get people outside of our email list, text message out of our friends to see the brand? Mm -hmm. You know, and like, that's my biggest thing that I'm focused on, and I'm I'm not going to lie to you. I really don't have an answer.
0: Oh, I do. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I have about, I have about 10 of them. Three of them just popped in their culinary collection instantly. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I have a lot. I like We'll it. talk about that later. Yeah. yeah. No, I was like, oh, I do. But I, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I love that. So thinking about like eyeballs. Right. And, mm-hmm. and this is such a beautiful example because everyone's like, how do you control eyeballs? I'm like, oh, that's the beauty of this. Right. Mm-hmm. And I love that you just said, like, I look at the, the numbers and the data like barometers. They, yes. give, me a, they give me a read. Mm -hmm. but like what i find is so funny is that people make these numbers of like i need a 10 percent conversion rate or i fail and i'm like bro you just got a 1.9 and you never had one before let's go to two and then two one and then two two and if we accidentally hit four on the way like let's celebrate every ounce of it but you don't gain miles you gain inches over and over Mm -hmm. and i love like even like everything you say like goes goes right back to that it's so powerful um that I just forgot my train of thought, but when you think about the eyeballs thing, so with that, like, what are some of the ideas that you have? Like, how would you reverse engineer that?
1: Mm-hmm. So, so I, I guess uh, you know, good way, like, almost all, like we chunk down numbers is like, my next year is like, I want to just like, how can I make everybody in Montana know our name? Yeah, let's start with Montana. Yep, and then let's go, you know, because we are very big. Like, we're you know, an international brand, we sell internationally, and we are very big nationally. But like, I can tell you, not everyone in Montana knows our name.
0: Oh, I was at PBR the other night. I yeah. only saw one MKC hat. Yes. Yeah, so. And I normally see more more around or more T shirts. I didn't see as right. many.
1: Right. So we gotta
0: step it up the game. We got brash, but we don't have we don't have the PBR with team.
1: Yep, yep, yep. So we got I gotta focus on that. So it's just like so you know, and the goal is like, okay, so if I want Montana, then what does that mean? That I need to like I need to focus on every major city. Yep. And then I need to start focusing on the rural areas and stuff like that. And then like that's gonna influence how I'm gonna market because those are gonna be completely different things. We might be going to print mail, we might be going to local
0: newspaper ads, we might be doing this, or just like just being in there. Just- well what I love too is like with all those ideas too, and I think for everybody listening, is like when chunking it down, you're not chunking it down to find all the answers. You're chunking it down to find the ingredients to pick which ones you want. Because mm-hmm. like when you're like, oh, we'll pick what city, we'll pick what there, then like it's like, oh, well, what are we going to do there, and who are we going to talk to? And you might chunk down to twelve cities, and you might look at it all and be like, oh, there's only two that make sense, mm-hmm. and then you pick those two and you chunk those down. Yes, right, fair.
1: I, no, no, that's hundred percent fair. And it reminds me of like one of my favorite quotes is, I, I'm going to butcher it now. I was going to say it, but it's like, um. I don't know where I'm going, but I know exactly how to get there. Yes. And it's like just understanding and being self, you know, being self-aware and being, you know, having confidence in yourself to actually know that, you know, the process of coming up with the answer, you know? And I think that's what, you know, people who are not in marketing or people who don't, you know, who are used to just, you know, doing more like the lean system and stuff like that, that they're very uncomfortable with. Like, I love being in that uncomfortable moment of not knowing the next step. Yep. But I know the next step will always present itself if I keep looking. Yep. You know, it's kind of, you know, when I talk about this and when I'm talking with other, like, hunting marketers, it's like, it's like tracking an elk. Yeah. Like, you know, so you made the shot. The elk is off somewhere else. It is. Now we just need to find it. The only way to find it is to find clues. Mm-hmm. Just keep looking for clues. Keep looking for clues. Keep looking for clues. And I hate, you know, it, it sucks because, like, those answers aren't very, like, go out and do this right now. No. You're, you're, you're going to make X. Nope you know it's like but like that's the that's a well, difference between good marketing and great for marketing. lack
0: of better terms that's the actual secret yeah because if it's go out and do x to get y that's not the real result you're going to get you're going to be met with the same ceiling again or the same challenge mm-hmm. that's the paradox of it all right like yeah the, the best coaching is the one that gives you no answer except a path to help you find yours yes right like yep. that that that's it and even in and what you say like i think i think in entrepreneurship one of the most not talked about things at all is not even like people are out there asking questions about like what to think and i'm like you should just be looking at like how to think differently yes like that's really where the game is one it's like when you can create a crack in your door of thinking like that's what all great marketing is right in, in my opinion the difference between uh, bad marketing and good marketing is bad marketing is convergent thinking, which is linear and good marketing is divergent thinking, which is systems. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like just from the baseline, if you think that anybody's going to go ABC, you've already fucking lost the game. Right. That's not how humanity works. Right. And so I think it's just for everybody listening to this. And I'll even say this again on the episode, like even listening to this, it's about picking up a one thing, like one thing you can think about differently one way you can think about that differently one way you can think about that differently or maybe do it differently as well but i'd say the greatest marketers in the world would agree that what we do is we look at experience and tools that exist in our purview and then we're like we've made a recipe like this before let's throw these ones together and see if this works Mm -hmm. and then if it works great If it works, kind of, we make an adjustment to an ingredient until we master the dish. Yes. And that's, I think, the hard part is like people want a one plus one equals two. But what you talked about is that everybody's a little bit different. Everybody's situation is different. But the context of it all is always the same. It's like the context of a monogamous relationship. You communicate. You're honest. You're present. Great. How you do that Mm -hmm. is different for everybody. Yeah. Right. Marketing is like, I know who I want to help and how I want to help them. And my product's just a bridge the how you do that, if anybody's giving you that answer, there's a very, very good chance it's not going to work. right? And it will lead to frustration until you find a lot of what you've talked about today, which is like who you are. Who do we want to be? Who do we want to become? Like, what's our vision different than the business? Like, what do we stand for? What do we want to create? Because then at least where you know where you are, you can pick the first bite. And I'm sure you've noticed this and would attest this, but then it's really cool to think that you know where you want to go, and then you take the first three bites, and then the meal looks completely different when you mm-hmm. pick up to go down for the next bite. Yeah. And you're like, oh, got it. Right. Right? And I think the more that we talk about this, because I, I, I love, like, but every time I see you, every time we talk to you, like, you're creating something. You're building something. You're literally first downing yourself everywhere. And then even in the areas, like, and just so you guys know, he runs this company, but his camera's in his truck all the time Mm -hmm. and he's still taking photos every day like he literally was in my office looking at a lay flat photo being in like the first downs now you're the cmo of the company the vice president of the company of 26 employees Mm -hmm. but one of the things that you talked about on the first podcast was like create every day yeah i love that we're fast forwarding in the future your business is in a drastically different place but that is a behavior that you still keep
1: still doing every single day Mm mm-hmm yeah. So, look and, and no, and I'm I'm like I said, something I forget a little bit, but it's just because it's just nature right now to yeah. like, you know, because the like you know right now like we can't outspend, you know, yep. like we can't out people. Nope. So now it's just like okay, we can just outwork and just out be just be more creative.
0: Dude, I know. You know? I like. I'm excited for when we get to do chapter three. Yeah. And then like, cha- I'm just going to hit chat because <laughs> we're going to hit chapter three soon. Cause I'm going to plan to go see Josh and get Josh's uh-huh. perspective. And like hearing yep. about the bladesmith stuff, that whole other story right. is going to be so great to hear, mm-hmm. but it's, it's exciting, man. Like it's, it's so incredible. You guys, I, I, I don't even have to ask. Like I'll, I'll give it like, you guys are fucking incredible. Like mm. even like being here and being neighbors for now, but like knowing you personally, but even before that, like existing as a company, like I remember the fundraising, I remember all that stuff. Like, you guys are literally like walking the walk and it's uh it's just like an honor I appreciate that's the that. only word that like really comes up is like you know we've both lived in this world of business and marketing for a long time mm-hmm. and it's beautiful to see when things are done the right way for the right reasons and like fully fully aligned and it's it's just something to be it's just beautiful i just appreciate it man
1: i appreciate that no i i mean that's like everything you're saying, everything you're complimenting is like what we want to hear, not from like a praise, but like, that's why we built this company.
0: Yeah. And and like, yeah, I, and I, I have to, like, I, I can only give kudos, right? It's not like, oh yeah, no. Like it's like, no, no, you deserve every ounce of this. Like, and, and, and more and more and more and than even the wisdom you share and the knowledge and like how humble you are about how good you are. It drives me nuts for all the right reasons. <laughs> and I was like, i want everybody listening to this like i'm over here asking i'm like brandon how are you doing this like oh my god do you think like that and I, he's like oh, i don't know what you're talking no i take notes when brandon i obsess about everything they do i'm like yeah. oh nope he did that oh that was smart dude that was really good i forgot about that so i will say this uh get involved with montana knife company any way that you can and, and i mean their website their social um just a, be a part of it. If you want to see nothing more than an example of what's possible, and you know yourself, and you're aligned, and how to treat customers, I mean, the cult-like following, the endowment, the community, mm-hmm. like it is, it is one of the most beautiful things. Like I feel like we could, you guys could open up Instagram and be like, I need 500 of you in this random place in the middle of nowhere to help people. And they would all show up yeah and it's just incredible and so like for, forever however whenever any way i ever can i will always be in the corner of you guys no matter what and for everybody listening like you have to mm-hmm. you have to and so i don't even know where to send them besides everywhere like just go get mkc everything you know go to the website go to the instagram go tell facebook to pound sand yeah you dumb asses <laughs> I'm like, oh my uh, god! I don't, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy, man. I'm just, I'm excited, and I'm so excited for you, and like, even this little chapter marker in of like this yeah. moment, and now you're moving, mm-hmm. right? Going to be closer into the lion's den,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah, cause, yeah, because I've been working remote for the past, you know, for MKC for two and a half years, but I'm still driving down there like once a week and yeah. stuff. But now, like, we're getting to the point where we're hiring more marketing staff, all this stuff. It's it just makes sense to be in house right there all the time so it's gonna be an interesting dynamic too
0: i'm excited for a big whiteboard so i can map out all those ideas that's all i want to do i need sticky notes a whiteboard and mm-hmm. eyeballs yeah and i'm like here's how you get eyeballs let's do it mm-hmm. i love it which by the way i still need to i forgot about the culinary set i forgot you guys did that yeah you told me about that i was really excited how'd that go
1: it went really really well i mean honestly it was um I think it's going to be a larger piece of our company than we ever expected.
0: Oh yeah. I could have touched that.
1: Yeah. So it, it it makes sense too, because like, you know, obviously like, you know, there's only like, I like think two or 3% of all of America hunts, but everybody has a culinary set in the yeah. kitchen. So, um, but now it's goal is like same thing we do with the hunting knives, but it's like, how do we educate the person on what a really good, you know, kitchen set is these days and, you know, appreciating the American made and appreciating what comes after that, and all that stuff. So it's going to be a long road. Um, but, you know, the culinary knives are way harder to make. Yeah. They're big knives yeah. and we're making them the same quality as our little five inch yeah. knife. So there's a lot of like scaling and manufacturing stuff going on in the background that like just blows my mind that we're doing to try to ramp up the scale and all that. So I
0: love it. I love yeah. it, man. Well, I think we're gonna put a bow on this one because cool. I gotta save some round two ish. Yes. Round three-ish. <laughs> um but yeah, so I mean, everywhere Montana Knife Company mm-hmm. Instagram. What's your Instagram? Your personal?
1: Yeah, it's it's just my name now, so it's just Brandon Haraho. Okay, perfect. Yep, Brandon so. Haraho,
0: um, check it out, and I and I mean it, and 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 I would invite everybody to take this purview of like. Look at what they do both from a consumer, but then look at what they do through the lens of like this conversation in the previous episode. Because mm-hmm. I, wh- one of the things I want to reiterate, and I love that you say this, is like there are no secrets anymore. Like mm-hmm. uh, what and one of the greatest lines you ever said is how you describe marketing. Like you can see everything that I'm doing that's working. That's yes. great marketing. Yeah. It's that it's working and you don't know it's working and you're enjoying the process. Like that's great marketing, mm-hmm. which just sucks the oxygen out of like I don't know how to market. Yes, you do. Yeah. You just got to get excited about it, get it to work and get it out there. So babe it's an, it's an honor, man. Like I love you guys to pieces. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks no, for being no, back. thank you, man. Seriously, dude. It's a, it's a pleasure for everybody listening. Like you're not going to get rid of them. They're on my hunting rig. They're on my hiking <laughs> rig. Like you see them everywhere. They're on my backpack. Mm-hmm. I'll be talking about it forever. But make sure you check out Montana knife and at least give them some support and kudos because of what they've done for communities i've watched them give back i've watched them do all that and i just want us to give our light and support people that are doing great things so Mm -hmm. go give them your love give them thank you and uh we'll do it again soon man yeah let's do it awesome all right so for everybody listening i'm about to pee my pants and get a uti so we're gonna end the show uh you'll either (laughs) see us in the next episode catch me in your earballs, but either way we're out let's go thank you for listening to another episode of the mind of george show